Anyway, I got a, a little bone I want to pick with you today. But it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. I want you to pretend for a moment because illustrations are just windows that let light into a dark room. So we're going to pretend this morning. You are sitting, and this is, the, this is inside of the Bible. This is the Bible. This is the Bible. Okay? Now, you didn't get in here through the roof. And, and you didn't get in here from the floor. And you didn't get in here through the wall. You got in here through the door. So once you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you got into this Bible, this new world. God says you cannot see the kingdom of God or enter into the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. So we're going to pretend this morning. We're going to pretend that all of you that are in here have trusted Christ as your Savior. Would that be all right just for an illustration? Some of you may have. Some of you may not. But you may just be visiting with us. Maybe you've been visiting here for 20 years. And you still have never trusted the Lord. But we're going to pretend this morning that you have. And all of those that are in here are saved individuals. Now, take your Bible and go to the 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. Try to follow a little bit of my logic this morning. 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. There was a day, there was a day when all of us in this room was on the outside of the kingdom of God. We were outside. See, this here in here, this is, uh, this is the kingdom of God. These are those that are going to heaven when they die. And so not everybody is in here. Because there's a lot of people have not heard yet how wonderful we are. And so they don't know yet. But we're going to tell them. Because we're so glad we're going to heaven, we want everybody to go to heaven. True? We want everybody to hear. So inside of this room is only those that have trusted the Lord. Now look in chapter 2 and verse 9. But as is it written... I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, you know from just reading that verse, there's something that God has prepared for them that love him. Now, the way you get to love the Lord is that, first of all, you must be loved. You'll find in the book of 1 John, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We are Beloved means we have allowed God to love us through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, beloved. When you reject God's love, you're saying, I don't want God to love me. But friend, He already does love you. But you won't accept His love. And if you don't accept His love, you reject His love. And so, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you became a beloved. You have been loved by God. And because you have been loved by God, we love Him because He first loved us. So you and I didn't get to go to heaven. We didn't get inside of this room because we loved God. We were in here because God loved us. And we accepted His love. We accepted that payment Christ made for us because that was an expression of His love for us. We believe it. So here we are. We have come into this new world for believers. It's 
believers only. But there's a world that God loves, and he wants them to hear this. So he says in verse 10, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Yea, the Spirit searcheth all things, ye the deep things of God. But what man knoweth the things of God, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So there's things that God wants us in this room to know. And he says, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You haven't yet seen all that God has for us. Now we are in this room, and we're going to heaven when we die, but there's so much more that God has for us. But he says, the things of God are spiritually discerned. In other words, without the Holy Spirit of God, you cannot discern. You can't see it. You don't understand. So the key is, that, first of all, you must be born into God's family. All of us in this room have trusted Christ as Savior. Therefore, we have been born into God's family. And God has given to each and every one of us His Holy Spirit. So I have His Holy Spirit living in me. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. And the Holy Spirit of God knoweth the things of God, and He wants to teach us the things of God. And all these things are new things. They're good things. They're things that God wants us to know because we are a privileged group. We are believers in Jesus Christ. Therefore, we should not be ashamed to be called a Christian, to be one that belongs to Christ. And so he says here in verse 13, Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth, comparing spiritual things or by spiritual means. So there's a spiritual world that you can't see, you can't enter, unless you're born again by the Spirit of God. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you entered into a new world. Now you may not think it, and you may not act like it. You may do nothing that God wants you to do, but you have entered in. And here you are. The Bible makes a statement in verse 14. But the natural man, the lost man, the man that's still outside these four walls, the world out there, the natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are spiritually discerned. The things of God are spiritually discerned, and he doesn't have the Holy Spirit to discern, to understand. We see something the world cannot see. We understand something the world cannot understand. So God says in uh, the next verse, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. In other words, all these new things you can discern if you're a spiritual guided man. So if you and I let the Holy Spirit guide us, we can discern things that the lost man cannot understand. But some of God's children don't listen to what God's Word has to say. And because they don't, they don't have the discernment that is to be theirs. So you may, as a child of God, live as a child of God for the rest of your life and never have the discernment that you should have had. Because you don't let the Holy Spirit teach you the Word of God. Now... I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of John, 
chapter 1. John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1. And there's an interesting little verse here that lets us know that when we were outside of this church, when we were lost, there's a God in heaven that loves the whole world and wants everybody to come into this room, into this new world, so that they can have, for all eternity, the blessings of God, to have eternal life. But lo and behold, there's a world that's, that's still lost. Now, in the Gospel of John, in chapter 1, look in verse 3. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Eternal life is the light by which we see. The Entrance into this new life is what the gospel is all about. The gospel is the good news on how a blind man can see. Remember, we always sing that song, Amazing Grace. I once was blind, but now I see. Everyone in this room, you once were blind, but now you see. But do you realize the value of having this new discernment, this light, this knowledge. Shouldn't you and I be different than those that are on the outside of this kingdom of God, this realm? You and I are supposed to know something, understand things, see things that the world cannot see. He says, my joy I give to you, not as the world gives, and the world can't take it away. So there's advantages that you and I have. But we may not take advantage of those advantages. And so he says down through here in verse 6, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. So what is the entrance into this world? Now remember this. I said just a moment ago. We didn't get here through the roof. And we didn't get in here through the floor. We didn't get here through the walls. We came in through the door. The other night I was asked to give a, a chapel for the Bible Line Institute, which I try to do on the first and the last one of every session that we have. And I gave him an illustration. It's only an illustration. All illustrations, all breakdown, nothing's perfect. But you're trying to let light into a dark room where people can see and understand, to kind of grasp something. Over the years, I've had people say, Yankee, you know, you're, you're all right with that wallet illustration, but you're not deep in the word. You're shallow. It means I'm just skimming the surface, but there are some who can go so deep stay so long and come up so dry but they're deep in the word and Yankee you're you're just shallow I mean everybody knows what you're saying there's a lot of people you can't figure out what they're saying they are so deep and they are so good 
that you have to hear them over and over and over again to find out what they really said because they're so intelligent. Okay? And I've had people wonder, Yankee, why, why do you always want to give this gospel or that little wallet trick? It's not a trick. Have you ever seen, now watch my hand closely. At no time will it ever leave my wrist. Now, if it did, that would be a trick. But it's always got to give the gospel in there. But why? And I want to explain that to you. So take your Bible and turn to John chapter 10. The gospel of John and chapter 10. We came into this auditorium today through a door. Now, the doors are not everywhere. They're in certain places. Whenever you and I approach the Bible, somewhere along the line, even if you just casually read the Bible as a lost man, hopefully somewhere along the line, a lost man, as he gropes along the outside of the wall, try to picture all those people, blind people, outside of the church, and they're, got, they're walking along, and they can't see. They know there's a wall, and they're feeling along the wall, but they can't find the door. Occasionally, somebody will come across John 1.12. As many as believe on him can have eternal life and become a child of God. To them gave he the power to become the sons of You become a child. Of, you found the door. And some people, they feel along that wall, and next thing you know, they come across a verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth it, and they believe it. They found the door that gets into this new world. And without the door, you don't get in. You see, there are salvation verses. And when we go out to witness, we share a verse that tries to help them find the door. So here in John in chapter 10, I want you to look in verse 7. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now that's an interesting verse. There's several things in that verse that used to kind of give me, you know, reason for a little concern about what, what does that mean? Go in and out and find pasture? I mean, which side of the gate am I supposed to go in on or come out of? I mean, now it didn't say, and you shall be saved and lose it. Saved and lose it. No, it says a pasture. Pasture on both sides of the door. But anyway, I'll make a comment about that in a little bit. Jesus is that door. Jesus is that door. Jesus is that door. And nobody got in here except going through the door. There is not another door. There's only one door, and that door is Christ. Now, when we read over there in the book of um, Revelation chapter 3, when he talks about, Behold, I stand at the door, and if any man will open. Well, there he's standing at a door. No, here he's talking about, I am the door. There he's talking about to the church of the believers and about us getting along with each other and examining ourselves and see if there be wicked ways in us so that we can, as he says, 
chasten ourselves, lest we'll be chastened so that we'll do what's right and have some good, warm fellowship between us and God. But that's to the believer. Here we're talking about something different. He said, I am, I am the door. And by me, if any man come in, he will be saved. So one of us, all of us, found the door. I was 18 years old when my father-in-law pointed me to the door. He explained to me how to get saved. And he did that by using John chapter 3 and verse 16. He used that verse as a door to show me the door, how to get in, because I couldn't have got in here if somebody hadn't have showed me the door. Now, let's just pretend. All of us have come into this big, beautiful room. This world on the inside of the Bible. We have finally not just read the Bible, we have entered into the Word. We've entered into a new world. Into this, as a child of God, a new family. We're believers in Christ. So, I came in through John 3.16. You may have come in from John 5.24. Or you may have come in from John 6, 47. Or maybe you came in from Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Whatever verse. But there had to be a verse. There had to be a truth about the door, which is Christ. Somewhere along the line, you heard it and you trusted Christ as your Savior. Okay, so we've all come into this room. And as we come into this room, we have now entered on the inside of this gigantic library. In this library... It's got 66 books in this library. And I'll have to be honest, when I first entered into this new world, I found me a seat and I sat down and I began to read the Gospel of John. Now, when you came in, maybe you, you got buried back there in the book of Genesis. And you were doing fine as you started reading the book of Genesis. And then, lo and behold, you got to so-and-so and... -so and Begat and forgot and all those names of all those people. And you got buried and choked on a gristle. And you died right there. Never learned another truth because I just can't understand the Bible. But as I looked around, I look over there and lo and behold, there's Randy over there. And he just buried himself into the book of Jeremiah. All the weeping prophet. He got all carried away with Jeremiah. And I looked over there, and there's Tracy. Well, she's in love with the book of Psalms. And did you go down through there? Well, why, there's, what's his name again? Angel? He's buried himself down there in the, you know, the Song of Solomon. Love story. And he just loves. And I look out there, and lo and behold, I see all this. Gary back there, he's unfound himself. Oh, he just loves to study the Old Testament. He's buried himself in the Hebrew. And he knows every word in the Hebrew. But Jay over here, he don't like Hebrew, so he studies Greek. So he's buried himself over here in the New Testament. And all he wants to do is study the Greek. But buddy, does he know Greek? I mean, does he know Hebrew? He knows Hebrew. And there's other ones that get in here. Oh, man, I just love prophecy. So James Taylor just buried himself in the book of Revelation. Oh, he loves Revelation. And different ones of God's children have found the little book that they love. And they just love to get so deep and stay in the Word. 
Well, somewhere along the line. I wanted to go all the way in. I, I wanted to sit there and just absorb the Word and just study the Word and get deep in the Word. But I keep forgetting about all those people that haven't found the door yet. So what I try to do is just, maybe I just skim a little bit here and there. But I keep watching the door and going out and standing by the door. Because I know there's some lost people and there's some blind people that are groping along. They know there should be a door there. They know there has to be something beyond this life. There has to be something out there. But they don't know who God is and they don't know where God is. They don't know how to find God. And I just want to kind of stand at the door and over here, over here. And they get a little bit closer. See, here in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 4, by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And that person came on in. They got to come into this world, this library. And they went over there and sat down and just began. I said, study the book of John. One of them started reading the book of John. He'd read some from the book of John, and then he'd go over there and stand by the door. Because he knows there's somebody else out there groping along the wall. See, some of God's children have never learned. Yet you can go all the way in and just spend the rest of your life just studying the word. And you're so deep, and you're getting so fat and sassy, but you forgot about it. Hey, there's still people that's never found the door yet. So for 50 years, I'd like to say I've studied a little bit. I'm not as deep as all those radio preachers out there and those television preachers. I'm not as good as they are. But I still can point people to the door. And there'll be thousands and thousands and thousands of people that'll be in heaven. they got to come into the room. Because they can't get in here no other way except through the door. And some Christians have never learned how to point people through the door because it's all about them getting spiritually fat. And how about they love Jesus? But they never tell anybody about Jesus. They never tell them where the door is. And hey, there's, there's the door right there. And I want people to know that. That's why at the end of every church service, I don't care what we talk about, I'm always going to try to point people, hey, let me tell you where the door is. Because, you see, they can't get in here except through that door. And some people, it's just us four and no more, and let the rest of the world go to hell. I don't believe that philosophy. I'm glad that 50 years ago, 54 years ago, somebody said, Yankee, here's the door. Because without that door, I'd have never been saved. If somebody hadn't showed me. Yes, there's a lot of people that can talk about how much they know about the Bible, how deep they are. Yeah, but you forgot about the door. I want you to look at this verse. Look in Psalms 84. 84th Psalm. 84th Psalm. And look in verse 10. Verse 10. This is on page 640. And it makes a statement in Psalms 84 and verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. If that's all I am, because see, what I've noticed is when I stay close to the door, I stay close to these salvation verses. Now, I know some verses about serving God. But you see, I can't get people to serve God if I don't get them in the door. They have to get saved first. 
And what some people fail to remember, they come on in and they get deep into the Word, and they think, you know, this is what people need. So they go out and tell the world, you need a relationship with Christ. You need a relationship with God. But you've got to be born first. You don't get them in the door, they'll never have that. You know, you need to walk with God. Oh, that's true. But you've got to get in the room first. And if you don't get them into the room, into this body of believers, they'll never go. See, that's why you have a lot of people. They do well on teaching people the Word. But they're sheep stealers because they had to steal the sheep because they can't produce them. They have to get them from someplace else. And let me just say this word about uh, all the big mega churches, you know. A mega church is like a person with a great big old vacuum cleaner. All they do is come down upon a city and they suck out all of these people from these other churches and say, look what we have done. Yep, you just sucked the people that was in other churches into a big church, but you didn't win them and you didn't build them. You didn't train them. You only robbed them. And the Bible talks about there's some who try to get it another way. I believe what I try to still win people to Christ. Show them where the door is. There's other people I like to show them the door. But we're talking about when you trust Christ as your Savior, it's because somebody stayed near the door. Stayed near the salvation verses, those simple little old verses. You know, John, everybody knows that. No, they don't. And by the way, that verse is as deep as any verse in the Bible. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, there are still people who know Hebrew and Greek can understand the depths of Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. They can't understand what God meant when he says, by grace are you saved. They still can't believe that. And that it is the gift of, they can't understand that. Because, you see, there's some people trying to get in here and they're trying to climb over the wall. And Christ says, those thieves and they're robbers and th they're trying to steal, get inside. But they can't get it. You have to go through the door. There is no other way. And that's why it's so important. Let me just read this little thing to you. Samuel Shoemaker, he wrote a little statement called, I stand near the door. And I thought, if I can do anything, if I can just stay near the door, I'd rather just stay simple. And just keep pointing people to Christ. Somebody else wants to take all the honor and glory for raising all these people. That's fine. Just let me get them in there. Because, buddy, you don't raise anybody. Nobody matures. Nobody serves God. So, first of all, you come through the door. If you didn't come through the door, you didn't get saved. I'm talking about you have to get saved first. People need to be born into God's family first before you can raise anybody. And a lot of people train a lot of people, but they never want them. I stay near the door. I neither go too far in nor stay too far out. The door is the most important door in the world. It is the door through which men walk when they find God. There's no use my going way inside and staying there. When so many are still outside and they as much as I. Crave to know where the door is. And all that so many ever find is only the wall where a door ought to be. See, there's blind people groping, trying to find. You know, there's a verse in the book of uh, Acts chapter 17 where it says that you may grope after him, feel after him, that you can find him, though he be not far from all of us. 
It's like people are groping and they're blind. They're trying to find the door. And he's not far. All it takes is a person to explain the gospel. And he can hear and understand. And then, boom, he can know that he has eternal life. And know that he's going to heaven when he dies. It is neither even in thy mouth. People, faith cometh by Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear unless somebody speaks it with their mouth? So he says here, is only the wall where that door ought to be. They creep along the wall like blind men. With outstretched groping hands. Feeling for a door, knowing there must be a door. Yet they never find it. So I stay near the door. The most tremendous thing in the world is for men to find that door. The door to God. The most important thing any man can do is to take hold of one of those blind groping hands and say right here, here's the door. Explaining to people how to have eternal life. Because you see, eternal life is the light of man. That's what helps them to see, to understand. You got to get them in the room before they can start feasting on the word. You see, the Bible did talk to Martha and it says about Martha... And you also have Mary and Martha. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's a good thing. And he commented about that. But you still don't leave the other undone. The serving part, I think you need a balance. Winning and training. Men die outside that door as starving beggars die. On cold nights in cruel cities in the dead of winter. Die for want of what is within their grasp. They live on the other side of it. Live because they have found it. Nothing else matters compared to helping them find it. And open it and walk in and find him. So I stayed near the door. Yeah, there's a time when you want to go all the way in and just want to just bury yourself. I told Betty, you have no idea how many times. I love just to go to Israel and spend about six months just studying all that's happened in Israel and studying the Bible and going and learning the, the Hebrew Institute. I would love that, but I know too much. I would love to get myself a little cabin on the backside of some mountain up there in Alaska. I've been there three times. I love the place, but I know too much. I can't do that. I would love to get a motor home and just travel around. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> but I know too much. I got to stay near the door. Got to stay where you can have opportunities. Whether through an internet or the radio broadcast or the, all the ministry we have, it's, it, it's more important. We've got to keep showing people where the door is. This is why Awana is important. You just gave $2,400. Why? Because you had it to spare. You didn't need it anyway. Or you believe in something that's going on because we've got a few good godly men around here that likes to show people where the door is. I mean, hey, guys like Jesse are rare. Jan, they're, they're rare. James Taylor, Sullivan, they're rare. Not everybody is doing what they're, they, they're men who like to stay near the door. Because when they see a lost man, they don't walk up to, can I just teach you the book of Revelation? <laughs> True? Go in, great saints. Go all the way in. Go way down into the cavernous cellars and way up into the spacious attics in a vast rooming house, this house where God is. Go into the deepest of hidden casements of withdrawal and silence and sainthood. Must 
inhabit those inner rooms. And some, yes, must know the depths and the heights of God and call outside to the rest of us how wonderful it is. Sometimes I like to take a deeper look in myself. Sometimes venture in just a little further. But my place seems closer to the opening, so I stay near the door. The people too far in do not see how near these are to leaving. Preoccupied with the wonder of it all, somebody must watch for those who have entered the door, but would like to run away. So for them too, I stay near the door. See, there's a lot of people that come into the room. They're, they're God's children. And see, Christians need to understand. You can come on in here and take these 66 books in this library, and you can just live there and feast on how wonderful God is, how great God is. But you've got to remember, there's still people on the outside of the door that don't know what you know. They can't even get started. So, yes, you can go out and find pasture outside. Because remember in John chapter 4, we said, I must needs go to Samaria. Why? Because there was somebody there that needed to know the Lord. I must needs go. When the disciples came back later, they said, uh, have you had anything to eat? He says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. In other words, I can feed here, but my meat is out there. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And it's not just to spend the rest of my life sitting at the feet of Jesus. As precious as that is, there's work to be done. Work to be done. And a lot of people never get a balance in their Christian life. There's some of God's people that have come in and they love it all, but they love the world more. So they want to go out there and have pasture and they want to feed at the world. They're not interested in reaching the world. They just want to live in the world and forget who they are. And one of these days, yes, we're all going to die. But when we are caught up to meet the Lord, whether by death or through the rapture, we're going to have to give an account of ourselves. There's some people that all they want to do is just win people to the Lord, but they never spend time helping God's children. They never spend any time studying the Word of God. So are there people who are good soul winners, but not deep in the Word? And are there not people who are deep in the Word, but they're not good soul winners? Wouldn't it be a good idea to be balanced in your Christian life? Where you feed upon the Word so you can stay strong enough to go out into the world and influence the world instead of the world influencing you. This is where we get our strength from. This is where we feed. But this is not where we stay. We've got to go outside those walls. And we are supposed to tell people about the most wonderful message in all the world. I admire the people who go way in. But I wish they would not forget how it was before they got in. Then they would be able to help the people who have not even found the door. You know, the people who want to run away and not serve God. You can go in too deeply and stay too long and forget the people outside the door. As for me, I shall take my old accustomed place, near enough to God to hear him and know he's there, but not so far from men as not to hear them. And remember, they are there too. Where? Outside the door. Thousands of them, millions of them, but more important to me, one of them, two of them, ten of them, whose hand I am intended to help show them the door. That's why we call it 
let me introduce you to my friend. Let me introduce you to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the door. And by him, all that enter in will be saved. It's so important for people to trust Christ as their Savior. There's nothing better. And even though we have trusted the Lord and we know we have eternal life, do we want to get lost and just reveling in all this new wonderful stuff and forget to tell somebody else how to get to heaven? Yeah, I guess I'll just be a shallow preacher all my life. I'll just stay near the door and I would rather know nothing more than John 3, 16, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 and give me my wallet than to know all the Hebrew and all the Greek and never win a soul. So I guess I'll just rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Here we are. We're all inside this little room. Say we all got in here because somewhere along the line we all trusted Christ as our Savior. Are there people outside that's never heard the gospel? And need to be reached. Is this why in our internet is important? Because it can reach anywhere. Our Sunday school. Anywhere we can teach and train. The college important. The Bible line. Have you taken advantage of the ministries we have to get involved, to do something, to learn something? You have no idea what God may have for you down the road. Might be something wonderful, something great. But it's not just so we can go to Bible college and, well, what are you going to be? I'm going to be a Bible. And just bury yourself into studying just the Bible. Yeah, but do you realize God wants us to know his word so that we can do something? When we get to heaven, we'll know it all. But until then, there's work to do. He says the night's coming when no man can work. This is why it's so important. And by the way, if you're watching by internet or you're here the first time, time and visiting, I want to show you the door in a good way. <laughs> I want you to see the door. I want you to find the door. I want you to know how to have eternal life. This hand represents you and me. This wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God, he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us so that you know, and you know, God loves you. He really does. And he knows that we're blind. We can't find the way. We don't know how to get to heaven. We imagine things. We can make up something. But if you think that you have to earn your way to heaven, friend, you're blind. That's not true. You don't see it. If you think you have to join a church and you have to give money, you don't see it. If you don't see, you're blind. So a lot of people are blind. They don't see that the wages of sin is death, and we've all sinned, we're all condemned. We're all condemned to die. We're all guilty. To go to heaven, you have to be perfect. So I never saw that before. That's because you're blind. Well, you can't earn your way to heaven. Well, I didn't know that. Well, it's because you were blind. Now, this is what can open up a person's eyes. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's God in the flesh. He came into this world because he loves us. Hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took all the sin of all the world, paid for it. And if you can see that he paid for your sins, and if you'll believe that he did it for you, he'll put this payment to your account as though you paid for all your sins. You see, if all your sins are paid, then where would you go when you die? To heaven. So can you know you're going to heaven before you die? Yes. I've known for 54 years. 
I'm going to heaven whenever I leave this world. Why? Because Christ paid for my sins. And he promised me as a free gift eternal life, and I get to go to heaven on what he did for me. There's no tricks to it, no gimmicks. That's the best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed, every eye closed, and no one looking around, would you right now, right where you are, be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I'm not sure that I've ever came into the door. I've heard about it, but I've never really believed on Jesus Christ. I've never trusted him as my Savior. And friend, God said if you would believe it, if you would trust him, he would give you the free gift, eternal life. And you can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. Would you trust him? I pray that you will. And if you're making that decision this morning, I'd like to know and I'd like to have prayer for you. And so I'm going to ask you in the quietness of this moment, if you'll trust Christ as Savior, just to let me know by an uplifted hand. Just slip it up real quick, put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you forward. But right where you're sitting, to so say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me. I want to be certain of going to heaven. And yes, I will trust Christ right now as my Savior. Anyone at all, before we close. If you're watching by Internet, right there on the screen, if you click on that little button, let us know that you trusted Christ as your Savior. We'd like to know. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Help each one of us to realize the importance of just going into your word and studying your word, but not to forget to tell people about the door. They may never know how to get in, but Father, help us to use great plainness of speech. Bless each person here, and thank you for this church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.